Welcome back to Beyond Campus, a podcast that delves into various topics pertaining to Israel, Zionism, and having a positive connection to Israel on campus and beyond. I'm your host, Destiny Albritton, with the Israel on Campus Coalition. This episode's special guest is Darian Ulyan. Darian is the Associate Director of Strategic Engagement at Passages, where he manages the Campus Ambassador Program and serves as a liaison between Passages and partner organizations. Darian is Armenian and a Christian Zionist. He graduated from UCLA in 2020, and we are so excited that he's with us today. Thanks for joining. Enjoy the show. Darian, I'm so glad you're here. Me too. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh man, um, so one of the first things people ask me as someone who isn't Jewish working in this space, I'll like come <clears throat> I'll come to a meeting and I'll be ready to like get down to business and yeah. they're like, wait, 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 wait. And I'm like, what's wrong? And they're they're like, tell me your whole life story. <laughs> Always. Like, how did you end up working at ICC and like like, why are you doing this? And so, uh, you know, before we get into, like, you know, the amazing organization that Passages is and, and what you're doing there, let's start there. Uh, tell me your whole your whole life story and how did you end up with this connection to Israel? Totally. So well, I'll spare you the, uh, the entirety of the story because we don't have that much time, but I'll give you the part that's relevant to what we're talking about. Um, so I would say it's kind of like, that cliche, like, you know, I didn't find her, she found me kind of thing. So like, I didn't find Israel, Israel found me in a lot of ways. Um, so the first time that I actually got to go to Israel was in the summer of 2016. So it was the summer before I started university. Um, I had the opportunity to go with the youth group at my church. And they're like, hey, we're sponsoring some, uh, you know, young individuals in our youth group to go on a tour of the Holy Land in Israel. And I'm like, Sign me up. Would love to go because I love traveling. I love international things. Why not? Let's go. And so while being there after that trip, um, I think is a very classic story for a lot of people, their first time in Israel, you fall in love with the place um, for a variety of reasons. There was this actually this moment where I remember we were standing on the Mount of Olives overlooking uh, the entirety of the old city of Jerusalem and actually welcoming in Shabbat from there. And there was this moment that I had where I just felt like there was a part of my soul that was like at home. Wow. Like I no longer, like I was like, I could live here. Like this, this is a place that like I want to be and I want to come back to. So um, it was extremely powerful for a lot of different reasons. I fell in love with the people, with the language that's there, the, the culture, um, just so many different aspects of the country. I would say that also like this trip really shielded us from any sort of geopolitical aspects of it. So like it was very much just kind of focused on the holy sites and the people that are there rather than like all of the complexities that are happening at the same time. So was a bit ignorant to that at that point in time. Um, but also that was something that was super interesting is, um, so my father and my grandmother, they uh, were born and raised in Lebanon, were Armenian. Uh, so after the genocide in the early 20th century, uh, they came down into Lebanon, lived there for about four generations and then eventually moved to the United States. So growing up, I was born and raised in the US. So I had this interesting mix of like, Middle Eastern kind of cultural tendencies, as well as like very much immersed in the Western idealism that is America. Um, and so showing up to Israel, I really saw a lot of myself there as like, a, I would say a really well functioning, more or less Western democratic type of society, 
that's heart is in the Middle East, especially in a cultural sense. Um, so it was really cool to kind of see like this place where I was like, oh, like this all makes sense. It doesn't actually have to be one or the other necessarily. They can kind of work well uh, beautifully together. Wow. Anyway, fast forward a couple months, I go onto campus and um, I'm obviously thinking like, okay, how can I go back to Israel? I didn't have any set plans, but like that was just a thought in my mind. And uh, I ended up going into my Arabic class and there was an Israeli girl in my Arabic class uh, who mentioned that she spoke Hebrew and I'm like a total like language nerd. So I taught myself a little bit of Hebrew before I went to Israel and she was kind of cute. So I was like, okay, like, oh. let's see if I can just like, you know, talk to her a little bit, show off some of my Hebrew and see what she says. So I go and I'm talking to her and um, she gets super excited. Uh, and she was like, wait, what? Like you went to Israel and you're not Jewish and you loved it. Oh my gosh. You have to come to our Hillel and meet the Israel fellow because we want to buy you coffee and tell you how to go back to Israel. And I was like, free coffee, go back to Israel. Bet I'm there. When do I go? Like, let's just make this happen. Can we go now? So I eventually went, met up with the Israel fellow at the Hillel. And uh, she wanted to hear kind of like about my story, about who I am, what's going on. Invited me to start coming to more events, started telling me how to get more involved, all that kind of jazz. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I would say, you know, it was pretty soon after that, that I quickly learned that on my campus, Israel is like a dirty word. Uh, and I really didn't know why, because I was like, it's a great place. What are you talking about? Like, why are people freaking out about this? Uh, so I started kind of doing some of my own research, getting more involved with it, um, engaging in different types of groups that are hosting different types of events from a variety of perspectives on campus, um, and really resonated with the pro-Israel club that was based at the Hillel mm -hmm. and um, their message behind it, which was, we're not just here to talk only about geopolitics. That's a big part of it for sure, right? But Israel is more than just a geopolitical conflict. It is a place that is a home for a number of people that has a history, it has language, it has culture. Um, it has so many different things that it can offer to the world. We want to celebrate that as well. And I'm like, that's what I fell in love with. That's what I want to get involved with. So then I eventually had the opportunity to go on a more geopolitical trip the next summer. Um, and then I got really involved pretty quickly. Uh, eventually passages found me uh, and they were like, who's this Christian dude doing this, uh, like, you know, Jewish Israel stuff. Like, that's really interesting because I got really involved with the Hillel there in the Center for Jewish Studies. Um, they found me, met up with me, and they were like, hey, would you like to go on a trip to Israel with us? It's heavily subsidized. And I was like, why not? Would love to go. So I went with them the next year. Then I got to return as a fellow for the um, for a trip, which means I was kind of like helping to staff a bus uh, the next summer. And then upon my graduation, there was a job opening and I just did a lot of prayer about it and was like, okay, if this is where I'm supposed to go, like, let it be sent in the application, had the interview. It was actually because of COVID that I was able to even get the job, um, which is a wild story in and of itself, but had it. And now it's been three years working in this space professionally, which has been so wild to think, because if you would have told me even after my first trip in 2016, oh yeah, you're going to be doing this like professionally. I would have laughed at you like how what is this Lebanese Armenian guy having anything to do with like combating anti-Semitism and being super involved in the in any kind of Israel space um but now it's like it's just it was so clear that like these doors were opened and other doors were closed throughout my life clearly direct me in this path wow there's you know there's so much that you just said that I want to unpack and that really resonate with with me and my story like I I tell I was at ORU this this week and I was telling some some students like sometimes you just take a step forward like one door opens and you just take a step forward and it turns into 
another door and another door and another door. And before you know it, you're working at ICC 12 years later. And, you it's know, a, you're a leap of faith, that. right? Yeah. Right? It's the yeah. total definition of a leap of faith. It's just, but it doesn't have to be a leap. It can just be a step of faith and like, just watch what can happen with it. Yeah. Like you're, like you're saying you, you know, you went to Israel in, in high school with your church and then mm -hmm. you, you know, had a conversation with a girl in your Arabic class and she said, Hey, have coffee with this random person. And, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it just started you on this, this whole like journey. And that's exactly what I was telling these, these students. I just had like lunch with a random, someone was like, have, have lunch with this random, you know, pro-Israel professional. And I was like, you know, free lunch, right on, right? <laughs> and here we are. I'm like so invested in this and, and it ended up being, you know, a conversation that changed my life. Always, right? And it's what's, what's even funny too, when I think about those moments, especially when it was like talking to that girl in the class and then talking to this random Israeli, I don't actually remember ever feeling nervous about either of those conversations. Mm. It just seemed like it was something that I needed to do, which in and of itself is also kind of like a, a weird thing. Cause I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like necessarily like the most like suave dude in the world. Right. So I also get nervous. when I'm trying to go and talk to somebody, but like, I didn't remember feeling nervous about that. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go do this. Uh, I'm, you know, bright eyed, bushy tail freshman in college. Let's go see what I can do. Um, and yeah, it ended up leading down a different, you know, direction than I was expecting it to, but it, here we are and it worked out. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I tell, I tell college students all the time, like there are some people who have like their whole life planned out and they're like, I'm going to do this internship and I'm going to work here. And I want to, you know, that, and that just was not me at all. And I turned out okay. <laughs> Things have turned out okay. More than okay. Say more than okay. You're thriving, Destiny. Come on now. Yeah, like I'm doing all right. And you can't, like you can't plan for life to happen to you. And it sounds like that is what happened with you and like your journey to Israel and your journey to passages. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's uh, that's kind of like a theme that God likes to do throughout history and with us now. He's like, oh, you think you know what you're doing? Uh, let me show you something. I'm going to do something better though. You know, like it's it's always cool. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I mean, we just, uh, Purim, just at the time we're recording this, like Purim just happened. And, yep. you know, that's a great example of like a hidden, you know, a hidden storyline that God was like working with. Like Esther became queen and she saved the Jewish people. And then uh, Mordecai ended up being promoted and, and Haman was, you know, killed by his own devices that he intended for Mordecai. So, yeah, yeah you know, you've got to leave room for a good God plot twist in life, you know? So tell, me, so tell me, you know, we, we talked about your journey to passages for yeah. people who are less familiar. Can you explain for us what passages is? Absolutely. Yeah. So passages is, uh, it's a pretty young organization, um, where our main thing is that we bring young Christian college leaders to Israel on a transformational nine day experiential educational trip. And then we do a lot of leadership and spiritual development afterwards, post-trip as well, to really equip the next generation of Christian leaders in the U.S. for maximum influence in their future careers and their spaces, as well as developing friends for the Jewish people in the Jewish state. Wow, that's amazing. And I love that you, you, you know, yes, like you have this, this Israel trip that connects them to like the roots of their faith. Um, 
But something I have observed in my experience when I used to work in, in Christian support for Israel, you know, building strong Christians and helping people, you know, grow in their faith. It also like there's a, a, a direct correlation between, you know, strong Christians and strong Christian support for Israel. Right. Like that that biblical literacy and those people being leaders in the church, you know, that's that's really what we what we need. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, how would I phrase it? It's like a lot of the things that we do in this space, right. Is really kind of, it's, it's focused on narratives, focused on identity, right. It's a lot of these kind of like supporting other people in being able to live out the fullness of who they are. Um, and if we're speaking like in this, in a Jewish context, right. Like supporting your Jewish peers to live out a fully Jewish life safely and securely and proudly to do so. But the only way that you can support somebody else and their identity is to be very secure in your own as well, mm. right? Uh, and not only just secure, but like understanding what that actually means and why that is leading you to want to reach out and to support another group of individuals. Mm -hmm. That security in your own identity, like that, that is key. I, I've never wondered like where I fit in in this you know, in this space, because mm -hmm. I walk in knowing like, like I am destiny, I am a Christian, I am a, you know, strong, you know, believer, woman of God. Um, and I am here because I love, you know, supporting Israel, I love Jewish self determination. And, um, you know, and I have those, those faith reasons. How has your, how has your like journey with Israel like complemented your your faith have you seen it complement your faith or like do the two go together at all absolutely i would say that it deeply enriches it in a number of different ways <clears throat> so i would say like it was really apparent from my first trip to israel but then became even more so the deeper that i went into it so the the classic thing that we like to say uh, as christians is before you go to israel when you read the bible it's in black and white and when you come back it's in color Right. So like now that you fully have like this understanding, you see where things are, you see how close everything is, you it just makes the Bible come to life and everything, all these stories that you heard and the things that you read um, just become that much more tangible and powerful. You can smell it. You can hear the birds chirping. You remember what it looks like and what it feels like and the, and the emotions that were brought about in you when you were in that space reading about what had happened in that land. Right. So that in of itself was like an extremely transformational aspect of like how you interact with with your faith for me it just made it much more real right like i i finally understood this this concept we have in christianity of like you know jesus christ being the center of it but him being both god and fully human and when you are fully like when you are so removed from the land of israel it's it, it is difficult to wrap your head around the humanness of of this person um but then you're there and you're like oh no like this is where he existed as a Jewish man. Like, this is it. This is the place. Like, a human. Heart beating, blood pumping, sweating, all the things. This is it, right? Um, so that aspect for sure was uh, definitely enriched in the, the first trip that I had. And then I would say, subsequently, throughout the other times that I had gone to Israel and been involved more, I think it just further deepened my understanding of, like, the way that God loves us and the way that he keeps his promises, 
um, both mm-hmm. to the Jewish people and then to the rest of the, of, of his family. Um, that had just also just is an extremely encouraging thing for me, as well as understanding how, you know, viewpoints on geopolitics or the way that you approach extremely complicated situations or moments of difference as a Christian, it must be informed by your faith and the way in which you like your worldview should be formed through your Christian worldview as well. Like that is, that is, it is, they cannot be separated. And I I think because my first trip excluded politics and the second trip excluded religion, I held those two things separately for a very long time. And it was actually in my passages trip where we bring those two together where they showed you like, no, like you have a responsibility as a Christian, if you're going to be following after these teachings to actually apply that into the way that you look at the world and specifically into the way that you look at this piece of land and like what is happening here. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll end it there. Yeah, no, I, yeah, for sure. Something I also noticed the first time I went to Israel was just realizing, wow, this is, you know, from a Christian perspective, this is God's tangible faithfulness. Yep. You know, like I realized... (laughs) You know, this sounds so funny now that I've I've worked so closely with the Jewish community for the last, you know, four years, but um, I realized that, you know, the story of Israel, the story of the Jewish people that began with Abraham, Esther, Moses, Nehemiah, these heroes that I had been reading about in the Bible my whole life, the story didn't end when they stopped writing books of the Bible, you know? Yeah. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, I just pictured, I, I, I never, I never thought about it before, even though I grew up in church and I would hear people say, oh, you know, we have to pray for Israel. We have to pray for peace in Jerusalem. I, it didn't, it didn't connect for me that there was this continuous ongoing story of, of Israel and the Jewish people. And it sounds, you know, funny to say that because now I have been able to like participate in different like Jewish traditions and, uh, you know, the, like these traditions are so old, like that the tradition of, um, saying, at Passover, you know, next year in, in Jerusalem, right. Mm-hmm. They've been saying that for such a long time. And so there's yeah. a very clear, um, you know, it's also from what I've observed, it's as if, when, when the Jewish people are like observing Passover, it's like they themselves are remembering, you know, being, being enslaved as if it, you know, it just happened. And so like this, this very, this very clear understanding in the Jewish community of, you know, that this is a continuous, you know, ongoing story. But I think for a lot of Christians before we, we go to Israel or, or before we experience the Jewish community and these traditions firsthand, yep. it's like, oh, well, that was a nice story. <laughs> yep, close and keep going on. And then go back to uh, go somewhere in Matthew and finish up from there because it's more familiar for us. Totally, totally. And yeah, it's not that way at all. Like I, I realized when I was in, and like looking back, I realized that even like up until I was in college, I was like picturing people in like Bible costumes whenever <laughs> yeah. said anything about Israel. It's real. I think something too that you touched on that is really important is like this concept of um, religious envy. And I first heard this from um, a woman, her name is Dr. Faye Shapiro. She lives in, uh, I think in Tiberias, um, but she's just a, a, a brilliant woman. And um, she explains that this concept of religious envy is something that can really come from beautiful, um, 
like interfaith like interactions and like actual like understanding of people the different faiths where you know you still hold on to your own religious convictions and whatnot but you see what other religious practices could be or faith expressions could look like and you go wow like how beautiful is that how beautiful is like that concept that i could apply into my own and i think something you said it's so real right that that collective memory and the focus on like real memory that exists within a lot of of jewish cultural and religious practices right whether it's during passover or it's during purim or whatever it's during these holidays and feasts um a lot of times we don't have that in like the average american christianity you know kind of community and being able to be in this space and witness that you're like wow like that is such a beautiful aspect of like this like really remembering like the faithfulness of god how can I like apply that same concept into the way that I interact with my, with my creator as well? Mm -hmm. I've never heard that term before. You said religious envy. Yeah. I have never heard that term before, but it resonates me. I, I honestly, so we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but uh, I have like a pretty significant TikTok following. Okay. And (laughs) I have a pretty significant TikTok following uh, and it's, it's the content is just me reading the Bible. Okay? okay. And where this came out of was when I lived in Israel, I went to grad school in Israel. I noticed, uh, like observant Jewish people would carry their like prayer books with them. Like, mm-hmm. every day. and sometimes I would see people praying on planes, praying on, you know, buses, praying at the Western wall, just like wherever, and, you know, they're reading their, their Psalms out loud and they're, you know, reciting these prayers. And I thought that was so amazing. Just a, a very, um, just like a very real, um, but also like a, a quiet, like observation, you know, yeah. a quiet way to, to observe your, your faith and to, you know, commune with, with the creator, you know, and to, um, you know, to say these, these beautiful prayers in a way that is just like, you know, on, it's just like life, like on the go, you're on the plane, you're on the bus, you know, wherever, or if you can, you know, set apart time to actually be at the Western wall to do these things. But yeah. um, there was something I noticed and I, it also clicked for me, like, you know, Psalms are prayers that we can pray and, you know, the Jewish people, this is their tradition and this is how they're, <laughs> they're doing yeah. it. So I started incorporating that into, you know, my own, uh, you know, my own faith journey. And that turned into when I was traveling for work, because since I finished college, I've only worked in positions where I like travel quite a bit. Yeah. You know, I, I would bring, just bring my Bible with me and, and read Psalms, just kind of like, you know, just like whispering them to me, to myself on the plane or in my yeah. hotel or, you know, just wherever I, I happened to be. And that turned into one day I started recording. <laughs> I started recording those things. Um, it was Psalm 91, which is like the protection prayer yeah. uh, on, on Instagram. And, you know, here we are uh, like three years later and I have over 600,000 followers on TikTok, but Ooh. that was like born out of, you know, this, this, this concept that you're, that you're discussing, I'm realizing. So, yeah. You, doctor uh you said phaedra shapiro yeah wow mm-hmm. yeah so she yeah she's been a huge impact on the way that i've looked at a lot of things specifically like you know like positive jewish christian relations but 
Yeah. And I think you're so right on too, when it comes to like the Psalms, I think a lot of times we look at that as just kind of like, Oh, like nice poetry, but it's like, this is like OG prayers. Like this yeah. is a lot of like David, just like wailing to the Lord. Like he's praying through it. And like, I, I'm, I'm sure there's another, other, um, Christian traditions that also utilize in the same way. But like, I know the Anglican church uses the Psalms in their common book of prayers as like a very consistent aspect, core part of like your prayer. Like their big part is like, if you simply just don't have the words to pray, go here. Cause like, this is, this is the basis of what it should be. Um, and like there, yeah, same kind of thing. There's so many times where I'm like, I should be talking to God, but I don't know what to say. And I just open it up and I start reading something and I'm like, that's what I need to say. Yep. Yeah. Those are the words. That's amazing. Um, I know that, you know, Dr. Um, Phaedra Shapiro is a speaker that you guys have on your trips and students come away from her, from her talk with, with just profound takeaways. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever experienced, or can you tell us about a time where a student was really impacted by any part of, of a passages trip or just the passages program? in general? I mean, there's, there's a lot of stories. Um, and I think that's like an amazing aspect of the, of my job and a huge blessing and opportunities. I get to like, a lot of times be there on the ground with them while they're going through these things. Um, but then also get to hear about it afterwards when they're fully starting to process what it is that's going on. Um, I think one of the biggest ones I have a student leader of mine who's been very actively involved. Um, and it really started from just conversations that happened on the bus about, like this was like his first intro into anything Jewish, into anything Israel. And he's like, I don't, I don't know anything. The whole like religious versus ethnic thing, all of this stuff was just flying over his head. Like had no idea what to go with. Um, and so throughout the trip, he kind of started to become, you know, more aware, asking more questions, starting to kind of see what was going on. So eventually, um, a couple of weeks after he came back from the trip, the uh, there's an AJC uh, conference that was happening in New York. And I was like, Hey, I would love for you to come as part of our delegation to this conference. So you can see, and he goes, yeah, would love to do that. And he came and, uh, he learned so much just about like the American Jewish community, how it interacts with Israel, the diversity within the American Jewish community, the problems that are happening here, the wins, all, all the things, right. All the things that come from that. And just a huge, like, here's a, a wave of information on you. Like, just see if you can stand up with it. And um, I remember talking to him afterwards and he was like, literally, he's like, since I have come back from Israel, I have just been interacting with so many more Jewish individuals and Jewish faces, like not even in my own, like, like choice necessarily. It was like, I just started like talking to like more guys from like API and then Turns out that like my roommate was like actively involved in Hillel and that like his girlfriend was doing this that's also involved with Hillel. And then this was happening. Now you're having me come to AJC and I'm learning about these things. And he's like, I just really believe that like God is telling me that like this is a community and a people that like you need to be actively involved with. And like, this is where I'm kind of like getting you towards. Um, and now he's just like doing awesome things on his campus. And he's like, hosting events and bringing people together from different communities and like creating support and standing up and networking and doing all the good stuff that's happening. Um, but that's just, that's just one individual. I mean, there's a number of people who walk away from this trip so deeply and profoundly impacted, whether it is simply something about their faith or it's the way in which they look at the, that part of the world, or it's the way they look at conflict in general. 
um, or it's the way that they look at anti-Semitism um, and how that they can have a voice in or a role rather in combating that in their own backyards. And I think it's a big realization for a lot of individuals because a lot of our students come from areas of the country that there either aren't really any Jewish individuals um, or they've never knowingly met a Jewish person in their life. Um, and like the first Jewish person they've ever met in their life is on the plane going to Israel. Um, or it's like their tour guide that tells them that they're Jewish and they're like, wait, this doesn't fit the picture that I had in my head. Um, like it's, it's kind of a culture shock for a lot of people, but it's really, I think, powerful because it helps open up a whole new world to these students who um, not really of their own choice. They just simply did not have the opportunity to engage with it before. A hundred percent. Like anyone, I mean, I'll just speak for myself, but I, I'm from a small college town in central Missouri. Mm -hmm. I do not think I knowingly met a Jewish person until I was in college, until I was like 18 years old. Okay. And, you know, I hear what, what you're saying, like as a result of a student, a Christian student getting involved in this cause and wanting to explore just, you know, Israel from his faith perspective, bridges have been built between him and the Jewish community because of yeah. that experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of <clears throat> what we try to really convey to our students, and this, this has become like even like a personal goal of mine, and it came throughout a lot of just like thought and and listening and learning is like the connection that Christians have to the Jewish people is like the two groups I think are inextricable, 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 I can't speak. Inextricably linked correct like they are like 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 together right like it's it's like we're family right like like you cannot have christians without jews without judaism without the foundation of what we are right like like this is preaching to the choir and preaching to you but like <laughs> jesus christ is a very jewish man right who was a very good nice jewish boy and then a nice good jewish man like he did all the things he was a rabbi he was like very much involved in all like the, the practices um everything that he said could either be directly quoted paraphrased or completely immediately contextualized from the tanakh from the hebrew bible right like he did not say anything that did not already come from god's word from before right like it's not that it's like this new thing it's this it's just a continuation of it right like you you it is the roots of it that's why like passages are tagline the first part of it is discover your roots it's like okay. discovering the hebraic and the jewish roots of your christian faith and that when you understand that, that you understand that you actually have roots that you have like your identity is based in something deep and profound and ancient that like not only is that super strengthening but you get such a fuller picture of what it is that God is trying to do in your life. Um, and then you look at the Jewish people and the Jewish community and you're like, okay, you're family, right? Like when, when Paul talks about in Romans about us being the wild branches that are grafted into the olive tree, right? The olive tree is the nation of Israel. We are the branches, the wild branches that were grafted into this, that we are part of the family. And it says, do not forsake the root, yeah. right? Like the root of that tree is, is it. So like, in, in, the, in the exact same sense that we are like family, we can disagree on a lot of things. We can fight with each other. We can have completely different worldviews than another. But you know what? No one messes with, with the others. Like if someone comes, they're trying to mess with somebody else in your family, uh-uh, it's not happening, right? 
like you love your family period, regardless that it is what it is. And so I think a lot of our students, myself included, right, as a product of this program, walked away from this experience of like, okay, this is why I need to combat anti-Semitism. Apart from it being just wrong and that like it shouldn't be happening, all the things, like this is an attack against my family and I'm not standing for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring up the, you know, that this roots, you know, idea of like being grafted in. A friend of mine wanted to ask me the other day, he wanted to know what my, you know, what my family thinks about me being so connected and like involved with the Jewish community. And, you know, isn't it like contradictory? And, you know, I was explaining that like so much of what we do in Christianity comes from Jewish traditions and they yep. really don't make sense unless you understand Judaism. When I was a kid growing up, my dad, I mean, to this day, my dad loves the movie, The Ten Commandments. Okay. Um, he loves it. Like every year when it comes on TV, he's like, oh, like The Ten Commandments is on. Gotta watch it. Yeah, we, we've got to watch it. And uh, I remember one year, or like when I was a kid, he was like, yeah, like every, listen to this, Darian. Everyone is going to laugh. Every like, Jewish person is going to laugh hearing this. Um, he would be like every year on Easter. I don't know why, but like every Easter, the Ten Commandments comes on. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and yeah, and so for years I had this, you know, this thought like, yeah, like, oh, it's Easter. Ten Commandments is going on. And, you know, it didn't occur to me that, of course, it was coming on for Passover. Uh-huh. Because Jesus was crucified during Passover. Yep. And that's why the two are you know, coordinated scheduling wise, but it is not, you know, it is not because Easter that right. Passover happened. It's because Passover that, you know, like, like you're saying, like, this is, this was the, the original, right. Yeah. This is the context that all of this is happening in. And, you know, like, uh, you know, like you mentioned in, in Romans, this concept of being, being grafted in for our Jewish friends who are listening, um, who are, you know, not familiar with this concept or listening to it or hearing it for the first time. Um, it's this concept where, you know, basically uh, the, like this new, you know, movement, Jesus's followers are being told, Hey, you know, don't think that because you're following this new set of teaching that you're better than the context that you were born into. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so, so this concept of, you know, yes, we're, we're a new, uh, you know, a, a new like offshoot, um, but you can't forget your your roots because you're not your own thing. You're actually we we've actually been grafted into um, we've actually been grafted into this this story and yeah. uh, the, the the context that already that already was. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I absolutely understand Christianity. I understand communion, the tradition of communion better. I understand. The tradition of baptism yeah. better and uh you know you have have to remember um, you know john the baptist was baptizing before jesus you know even started his his ministry so yep. that wasn't a, a a christian concept that's a tradition that we get from judaism so like a hundred percent passages discover your roots i and i love that you guys are helping a generation of american christians discover their roots again yeah, it's cool. It's cool stuff for sure. Oh gosh. So what is the most rewarding part of your role at Passages? 
It's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I think what's been really cool, something that has been consistent throughout it is that I have the opportunity to be a teacher hmm. always um, for a number of different people. I'm constantly learning, which is awesome. I'm learning from my students and from colleagues and from peers and whatnot. But I also get the opportunity to teach, which is, I think, such a beautiful thing to do. And to to watch someone's mind kind of try to wrap around a concept is is really cool. So I get to, you know, I get to educate other Christians on not only just like what's happening in Israel uh, in terms of like a, a modern geopolitical sense, but also getting to educate them about Jewish traditions, Jewish practice, their connection to it, all of that, but also getting to educate other Christians about other Christians, right? Like we are an extremely diverse group and we have so many different kind of outlooks on certain things and different forms of practices and whatnot. Um, and Pastors is an extremely ecumenical organization. So ecumenical being, you know, a number of different denominations or Christian faith practices all kind of put into one. So we'll have a bus that's got, you know, Roman Catholic, Byzantine Catholic, and then Baptist, all the flavors of non-denom you can get, charismatic to um, the most reserved to Anglican, to everything, just on one bus. And they go to a spot and everyone is acting different. Some people have their hands up. Some people are on their knees. Some people are just quiet. Some people are spinning um some people are you know touching certain things lighting candles crossing themselves interacting more strongly to one place versus another and so it's a really a, like beautiful opportunity for me to be through learning through a, a, about a lot of these uh, faith traditions through these students uh, and my own personal background with it is being able to help educate others and say like you know like yes you have this viewpoint on this thing but like could you also consider that this other individual has a viewpoint on this. Um, and I also get to do the same thing whenever I'm in like a, a primarily Jewish space, right? I work in a primarily Christian kind of like, you know, team. So when I get to go to different conferences or different spaces where the majority of people are Jewish and they ask, okay, so same kind of thing. Tell me your life story. What is all, why are you here? Who are, who are you? What is going on? Why do Christians think this or whatever it is? I get to kind of help explain, you know, what some of these concepts are. That you can't, just like we can't think of Judaism and the Jewish people in the same way that we think about Christianity, you can't do it on the reverse as well, right? So like, you know, someone saying they're Christian because they had a Christian parent is not the same thing as saying that someone is Jewish because they had a Jewish parent, like totally different concepts. And so it's, it's I think, a real privilege to be able to just be an educator Um while learning so much, but also being able to kind of just like help challenge preconceived notions um, in a number of different ways and like getting to learn kind of how to do it better and better each time. You're so right. I, I, in my, just in my own experience, I've learned a lot about the Jewish community and the different ways of, of observing Judaism, but I've also learned so much about Christians and other Christians and gotten to explain, you know, a lot of these differences to people. I staffed an Israel trip this last uh, winter, and it was mostly Jewish students and a significant number of students that weren't Jewish. And we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and the Jewish students were like, do you, like, first of all, they, they've been to Israel several times, but had never been there necessarily. Yeah. 
and they were like, do you love this? And I, you know, I'm, I'm not Catholic. I come from like a more evangelical charismatic tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, And so while I do really enjoy being at the church of the Holy Sepulcher and I, I do enjoy uh, like the artwork and seeing other people, you know, worship there, it isn't as a significant a place like emotionally or like in my, my heart to me. And so I was explaining to them, I was like, I was like, I do enjoy being here. (laughs) Um, But it's really special to uh, that person because, you know, that person is Catholic and comes, comes from like this background and here, here are like the different uh, like approaches and different like styles of worship. And so while I really love being here and appreciate this, this, uh, this, you know, monument to this, this very important event in, in Christianity, um, you know, that person is going to have like a much stronger, uh, just like affection for, for being here. Yeah. Like, whoa, <laughs> you know, um, they just hadn't had no idea. And it wasn't something I think some of the other Christian students on the, some of the Christian students on the trip, um, I don't know that they were aware to like be mindful of that and, and respectful of that with, with each other. So it's definitely a learning uh like on many levels, like a learning experience, being a part of these two communities. So much. Yeah. You're just constantly like learning and educating all at the same time. And I think it's a really, it's a really cool thing that we get to do that we get paid to do this. Um, But like, we get to just like do like this beautiful interfaith, intercultural, interdenominational, like work, Um, like really living out the, you know, being a peacemaker. Um, And I think that's, it's, it's just so cool. You could do it professionally, you know? Totally. And, um, you know, and speaking of learning and being a peacemaker, um, I have kind of a big question that I want to, that I want to ask you, you know, in building these bridges between, you know, these two communities and, and getting to learn a lot, uh, what challenges or, uh, the big one misconceptions have you, uh, encountered in, this work either about you know christian support for israel or uh, misconceptions that maybe christians had about jewish people absolutely i mean there's there's a lot or two very different uh very different and very similar communities in a lot of ways um in the sense we both share a lot of misconceptions about each other that's a very similar way um i would say that a lot of the misconceptions are either are a lot of times at like the core of the problem as to why there is like a challenge of doing this type of like connection work. Um, so I would say, yeah, I think, I think the misconceptions can definitely be a challenge. I would say um, a big misconception that I have noticed, um, particularly from the Jewish community, is that they view the generation of Christians that we are bringing to Israel and their support for Israel in the same way that they view the older generation. So Gen X or Boomer or before, right? Supporters of Israel? Of supporters of Israel, correct. Um, And so I would say that like a a really important thing to note is that the way that we as young Christians support Israel and the reasoning why we support Israel and the way that we do it is radically different in many ways than previous generations. Um, I think that a lot of times people think that it's just for this kind of 
dispensational eschatology kind of like, okay, like, you know, it's to bring in the end times and in gathering of the Jewish people and all this other kind of stuff, um, which was a really big prevalent thing, I would say for an older generation, that was a, a big reason for them. Or it was for a variety of reasons that really othered the Jewish people and made it that they were like kind of like this pawn in a larger game scheme that also then perpetuated a lot of different anti-Semitic stereotypes and tropes. And the younger generation is like, that's not that's not the reason, right? Like the reason is because we believe that we are called to love our neighbor as ourself, right? That we're supposed to love each other as Christ loved us. That if we see oppression and hatred, that we're supposed to stand up against it and fight against it. Right. And now that we've had this amazing blessing and opportunity to go to Israel and to learn about the Jewish people and the things that are happening to them, we are now responsible to speak out against it. Right. That we have been charged by our creator to go, this is something you have to care about. I put you here for a reason. Don't waste this opportunity. Don't waste this blessing. Um, it's it's much more of this interpersonal and a desire for um pluralism and coexistence and relationship building than it is for some sort of like larger world scheme kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, I think that's a big misconception that also then proves to be, it makes it really difficult for a lot of Christian students to engage in a number of Jewish spaces, particularly those that are um, not older, just in age, but have been around longer. Um, because that misconception puts up walls. And so then you have a, a big barrier to entry for these, you know, nice young Christian students who just came back from Israel and loved it and want to support their Jewish neighbors. And they show up and they're like, just kind of pushed away because they're being told like, you're going to do what? And you want to talk to us about who? And we want to do what now? And it becomes seen as much more of a threat, which in, in a historical contextual kind of thing makes a lot of sense. But I think it's also this projection of a view of what has happened before onto this new generation. And this new generation is really trying to say like, no, we are different. And like, we are trying to do something different. Um, and so what I have been like tasked with, with my job is like, how can I smooth that out mm -hmm. for them before they even get there? How can I build relationships with other Jewish groups entities people to say hey like this is actually where we're coming from this is what we want to do it, it's not a threatening thing like we're trying to actually work together here um this is coming out of love and when i'm able to educate others on that then they are able to then receive passages students right or just young christians that are coming to them with wide open arms and go like okay now i know that like you're not you don't mean harm right um so i would say that can be definitely a bit of a challenge um, I would say that like there's this misconception within the Christian community and the viewpoint of Judaism or the Jewish people that it's simply religion. And that has a lot of also like historical things that come down to it. And there's a lot of different commentators on this whole concept. But a lot of them go, oh, you're Jewish. So you keep kosher, right? Like just automatically. And then for someone to go, oh, no, like I'm very Jewish, but I don't keep kosher. And I don't necessarily believe in God, but I pray. Like, it's just this whole, like, wait a second, how, how does that work? Um, and so for them to kind of like learn about the complexities of what that means, and that when you're talking about Judaism, Jewish people, Christians, like these terms, that we are using them in very different ways. And like wanting to kind of come to like, okay, what do you mean by this? And like, what does that actually look like for you? So that 
then creates a little bit of a barrier there. Um, and then I think another challenge is really this, like sometimes tokenization, um, and that can go either direction where it's like, we want you to be here because you support us and you check off these identity boxes, but you can't actually live out the fullness of who you are in this space. Hmm. Right? Like, because the fullness of who you are freaks us out or it's too different, but it looks good for you to be here. Um, and no one actually says that outright, obviously, that's kind of the point of tokenization. Um, but sometimes people will face that. And it's this challenge of, okay, like, how can we get to a point where we as communities can come together and say, like, I am going to accept you and you can live out your fullness here in this space, right? And we can disagree on a lot of things and we can disagree on what that means and, and all of that other kind of stuff. And like, we should talk about that and, and, and engage in our differences for sure. But to tell somebody that they can only be there if they are not them full self, their full selves um, and what that means to be is not helpful when it comes to actual um, intercommunal collaboration and work and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first, so the first, there's a lot to respond to <laughs> and unpack in that. You know, the first misconception that you mentioned about concern for motivations for Christian support for Israel. It, it's very like few and far between that someone will like actually like ask me about this. Uh, you know, someone will actually be like, hey, you know, can I ask you or like, you know, make a comment and forget who they're they're talking to. You know, Classic. that's always people, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> um it's so it's and I will say like in my experience, for me personally, it has been few and far between, but, but, you know, it, those, that motivation is so, I won't say I've never met anyone who had, uh, you know, motivations that I weren't, that I was not aligned with in their support for Israel. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's representative. And I think that's, I think that's like the key, you know, especially for like this generation of, of Christian support for Israel. I wouldn't say that that is representative and we, you know, do such a good job, I think in the, the Israel space of pointing out when, you know, sometimes there are Jewish people who have, you know, really critical views of Israel that aren't representative, aren't representative of the Jewish community. And yep. we're like really quick to be like, ah, you know, that's that's not a representative, you know, view of of Zionism and that doesn't well represent uh the Jewish community in the United States. Yep. And so remembering that, you know, even if even if we do encounter someone uh who does have, you know, uh suspicious or or motivations that we're not comfortable with, um, for every one of those people, I know so many more people who are who are in it for, you know, the reasons of wanting to connect with their, their faith, the roots of, of their Christian faith and yep. wanting to, uh, you know, leave their mark on, on Israel's stories is how I put it. And, you know, people who, or, you know, sometimes people are just like nerds for the con for, for the conflict and nerds for, uh, American foreign policy. And they happen to also be Christian. So there's a spectrum within Christian support for Israel and I, I like to remind people <laughs> to remind people of that. There's there's an, there's a spectrum, and there you know internal politics, um, you know, in our in our conversations uh, as well. Um, yeah. Also, like 
I hear what you're saying. Like sometimes these misconceptions can be a, you know, barrier, but it's like these opportunities where we can educate each other and, and build these bridges. I mean, educating each other is what builds the bridges. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what makes you excited for the future and what, what gives you hope for Jewish Christian relations? So it's, it's actually, it's really cool. It just happened recently. I was uh, in a primarily Jewish conference in, in Chicago and Again, pastors only about seven ish years old. Um, we've taken like over ten thousand students now, which is a, an amazing, amazing feat for a young organization. Um, but obviously, biggest challenge is like we are trying to kind of like it's the brand awareness, right? Like get your name out there, get people to know who you are, um, because with our brand also carries this really strong um, background in positive Jewish Christian relations, right? And being apart from seeing what my students are doing and like just hearing the amazing stories there, being able to be like at this conference and like tell people I work for passages and people who I've never met before and don't know, I don't even know their organization, know who I am and know what passages is and go like, oh, like I love the work that you're doing. That makes me so excited because I am like, I'm like, finally we are getting to this point where like positive Jewish Christian relations it, it comes from obviously a lot of interpersonal work, but like there has to be an awareness of it, right? Like there has to be an awareness that this is even something that is needed and that it's being done successfully, right? Like we are living in a very unique point in history and a very small time in history where Jewish people and Christian people are coming together in really, really positive ways. Um, like there are people alive to this day who are like, that would have not have been a possible thing at all in my childhood, like would not have been a thing legally in a lot of places, right? So we're living in a really, really important and a really small window of time, where it's very new. So when I get to see that, like the awareness of this movement is becoming more and more mainstream within like the Jewish community and within like the Jewish educational community, particularly, that gets me excited. Um, and also the same thing that I'm seeing within the Christian community, where there's other churches and other Christian orgs that are starting to recognize what we do and are starting to say, we want to do more stuff like you, like you're doing really good work. It's unique. It's different. Like how, how can we do this um, like intercultural, interfaith, actual collaborative work? Uh, and so, yeah, just kind of, I guess, like seeing the fruits of labor, to put it in Christianese terms, right? Like seeing what is coming out from all of this is, is just exciting. Like, it's so cool to see that there's just always more excitement to go to Israel. There's more excitement from the young generation to do this. Um, and that more and more people are starting to recognize and see what's happening and recognize it as a good and positive thing that they're not afraid of. They don't have to shy away from that. Even though it's difficult and it's challenging, like people are ready for this challenge. And like, they're showing this willingness to go, you know what, let's put aside our differences. We got problems we got to deal with. How do we deal with it together? And it's, it's awesome. It's so cool. That's amazing. And I'm definitely seeing the fruit of your, your labor at, at passages. I, so one of my like COVID hobbies has been learning Krav Maga. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, not where you thought this was going to go. Um, one of my you so hobbies, much cooler though. I already thought you were like the coolest person ever, but now you make it even that much cooler. Destiny, revival, like, and then also doing Krav Maga. Like don't come for her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm like, you know, I'll just try everything. I had to do something during lockdown and I, you know, I wasn't traveling for, you know, my work at, at ICC. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to take Krav Maga lessons. And at one of the classes, I was wearing a Passages t-shirt that I had gotten from a conference years ago. And a girl came up to me and was like, oh, do you, um, like, what do you know about, about Passages? And I was like, oh, like I went to their conference a few years ago and, um, she told me that she had just come back or like, like pre COVID she had gone yeah. um, to Israel with passages and it was such a transformative, you know, experience. And, and, um, and I was like, you know, I didn't really say anything. I just wanted to know about her trip and her experience. So I wasn't like, Oh, like <laughs> I'm destiny from ICC. <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with, <laughs> with passages <laughs> and, um, you know, so just the fact that this like random, this random college girl you know, came up to me and she wasn't, she wasn't uh, involved in the Israel space prior to her, her encounter with, with uh, passages, um, yep. she had little, you know, knowledge, but she had been transformed by this experience and considers herself a friend of Israel and the Jewish people because passages helped her grow in her faith and connect to the roots of her faith. And so that kind of brings me back to what we said earlier is growing and training and equipping strong Christians really helps uh, build bridges and, and helps us yeah. achieve that, you know, strong Jewish Christian relations. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, it, that kind of development, those kind of things are, are really exciting to see. I also definitely want to give credit where credit is due. Like, I don't, I'm sure you are aware of maybe not to the fullness of how influential you are in this in this space, in this conversation as well. And I'm not just saying it's to say it because you're the host. Like, I'm actually dead serious about this. Like, your time and energy and passion that you have ha I've already committed into working in this space as oftentimes the only Christian in a lot of spaces has really broken down a lot of barriers. The amount of times that I introduced myself to somebody new and said, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm a Christian, whatever else. They go, oh, do you know Destiny? Like, it's it's a thing. It's a, and I get really happy when I hear that because I'm like, if someone goes, if someone equates Christian to destiny, we're doing good things. Like that's, that's a good thing. I'm serious. So I get like very excited about that. I'm like, yeah, of course I do. How do you know her? And, oh, we met this conference with this thing. She's a sweetheart, all the fun stuff. <laughs> um, but like, you know, even though like, you know, pastors, yes, is doing this as like, this is what our organizational mission is. Um, I think you and a number of other Christians that work in this space as well are still doing that work because it is just simply who we are. And this is the reason why we do it. And you can't separate that from the work that we do. And so it's it's really cool to also watch others um, in this space also creating really positive environments and cultivating um, like new types of conversations um, and and breaking down misconceived perceptions and stuff just by being who they are and present in that space. So like that's that's the good stuff too. Like unsung hero, but like should definitely be sung about. You know. Thank you so much, Darian. Thank you for your kind words and your support, and just thank you for being a guest on this podcast. I think our listeners are going to love this conversation. Thank you for having me on. Okay. That's a wrap. Let's go. We did it. Thanks High for five. tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social media at IsraelCC and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.